cybersecurity firm McAfee files for IPO, and want your coffee machine back, pay a ransom. These stories and more in this week's ISMG's Security Report. Hi, I'm Anna Zeleny. Cybersecurity firm McAfee is going public again. Could investors' cybersecurity appetite once again be increasing? In our first report, Matthew Schwartz, executive editor of Data Breach Today in Europe, gives us a fascinating and excellently researched overview of McAfee's market history to date. It's been a busy week for cybersecurity market moves. On Monday, cybersecurity giant McAfee filed with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission to go public on the Nasdaq stock market under the ticker symbol MCFE. The Silicon Valley-based firm plans to issue $100 million in shares, although this figure is a placeholder and may be updated later. This would be McAfee's second stint as a public company. The firm was founded by John McAfee under the name McAfee Associates back in 1987. John McAfee resigned from the antivirus firm in 1994, and McAfee first went public in 1999, trading on the New York Stock Exchange. It remained publicly traded until 2010, when Intel announced plans to purchase the firm for $7.7 billion in a deal that closed in 2011. Intel's intention was to build endpoint security into motherboards, as opposed to leaving it in the operating system. The deal surprised many analysts and ultimately failed to remake the market, with the chipmaker taking a $3 billion loss on the deal. In 2014, Intel rebranded McAfee to become Intel Security. The move was likely spurred by the very public presence of its increasingly eccentric and long-departed founder, John McAfee, whose increasingly gonzo antics, including fleeing Belize, where he was wanted by police for questioning in the murder of his next-door neighbor, maybe wasn't a great way to market the McAfee security business. Come 2016, Intel sold a 51% stake in McAfee to the equity firm TPG, with equity firm Toma Bravo later taking a minority investment. TPG later spun out Intel security as a standalone business and brought in Chris Young as CEO. During Young's tenure, McAfee boosted cash flow by refining the firm's strategy. In 2019, notably, McAfee acquired cloud service security firm Sky High Networks, and later that year, virtual private network software vendor TunnelBear. Reports that McAfee was prepping a return to the public markets have been circulating now for more than a year. In July 2019, the Wall Street Journal reported that McAfee's owners had been meeting with bankers to discuss plans for an IPO, with an eye toward it happening before the end of 2019. The discussions being led by TPG, with Intel reportedly taking a back seat and continuing to stay out of day-to-day operations, were reportedly aimed at raising $1 billion and seeing the company get valued at $5 billion. But the planned IPO failed to materialize, potentially in light of multiple technology IPOs last year failing to stoke investor excitement. Suddenly, however, there's been a flurry of new market moves. Also on Monday, for example, cloud automation firm Avanti announced that it has signed agreements to buy two well-known cybersecurity firms, Mobile Iron and Pulse Secure. 
The combined company will be helmed by Avanti's current chairman and CEO, Jim Shaper. Avanti's owned by private equity firms Clear Lake Capital Group and TA Associates and says it will pay $872 million to acquire all outstanding shares of Mobile Iron's stock. Terms of the deal for Pulse Secure, which is a well-known remote access vendor, were not disclosed. On Tuesday, meanwhile, cloud computing and virtualization firm VMware announced its intention to acquire software configuration management and infrastructure and network automation company SaltStack. The terms of that deal were not disclosed. McAfee's planned IPO and the acquisitions by Avanti and VMware suggest that after months of inactivity, investors' cybersecurity appetites may once again be increasing. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Matthew Schwartz. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. Now, apart from the words pandemic, lockdown, and maybe furlough, the concept that seems to be having a fair bit of airtime this year is zero trust. Not a new notion by any stretch, but not one that's been fully embraced to date by organizations. Why is that? Do security professionals not have enough trust in zero trust? I put this theory to Craig Rice, Group Director of Cyber Resilience at British multinational insurance company Aviva earlier this week, asking whether this is the year we'll see more companies adopting zero trust models. Here is his response. So I guess my immediate horizon is UK financial services, and I see the emphasis that the regulators are putting on not just what they want us to achieve but how they want us to achieve it with direction coming from treasury bank of england pra and fca that cyber resilience is a pillar of operational resilience um is a step change and and how that's delivered is becoming more openly discussed as zero trust seems the right approach now yeah zero trust is a 10 year old concept as a purely architectural model, arguably is just part of the issue. That the the sort of reinforcement of the identify function and the detect function to make sure that we understand every entity uh, and every user is authorized and authenticated is arguably both a step change and not a step change. In theory, ITIL and COBIT says that, that you manage your networks though that way anyway, but what we've seen is that the degree of growth, sometimes organic, sometimes by acquisition, means that that process is never quite completed and, and the fundamentals of IT management are never quite as comprehensive as perhaps the people running it would like because of pressures on the business. So going forward, I see Zero Trust much more as an operating ethos, not just purely as an architectural model. And I think the operating model around the design is, is perhaps more important to sustain the level of investment and the level of traction and the management of those fundamental disciplines that will enable us to make sure we understand every entity and every user on our network. And there's a phrase I use at work that drives people crazy is the absence of the normal is the presence of the abnormal. Uh, and to do that, you have to know what normal looks like. And you know, for many of us, there isn't the comprehensive understanding of normal in the level of detail that we perhaps might expect at this stage of a digitalized society and a digitalized commercial environment. And finally, an internet connected coffee machine is the latest IoT device to display security problems. 
No, surely not, you say. Yes, okay. It was only a matter of time. ISMG's Jeremy Kirk, Managing Editor of Security and Technology, investigates. An internet-connected coffee machine is the latest IoT device to show security problems. Researchers with the security vendor Avast infected one with malware that causes uncontrollable spinning of its grinder and dispensing of hot water. The only option to stop it is to unplug the machine. The demonstration augments long-standing warnings about IoT. Device manufacturers are paying too little attention to security while pushing devices to market too soon. They also may not provide long-term support. A vast senior researcher, Martin Hron, details his reverse engineering adventure with the first generation of the Smarter Coffee Machine, which is made by Smarter Applications Limited. The machine is paired with a mobile app, which is used to remotely command the machine. Ron found he could tamper with the firmware without touching the actual device. He also infected the machine with malware, which is triggered when a user tries to connect it to the home network. The malware also caused the machine's screen to oscillate between a graphic of a devil's head and a bit.ly URL, and that bit.ly URL leads to a ransom demand. Ron writes in a blog post that Avast thought that that terrible user experience would be enough to freak out any user. He also says the only thing someone can do at that point is unplug the coffee maker. So what's wrong with this coffee machine? Due to a lack of security, anyone who's in range of it can talk to it even if it has not been connected to the local Wi-Fi network. The issues stem from the device's firmware, which can be replaced without any authorization or authentication. The firmware isn't encrypted, and the plain text firmware is uploaded to the flash memory of the device through the mobile app. Ron tells ISMG that Avast did try to contact Smarter Applications through its support site, but it didn't get a response. He says more recent models of the devices made by the company have better security. And in a statement, Smarter Applications told ISMGs the device that Hron examined was produced around 2016 and is no longer sold. The company also says it's committed to ensuring its smart kitchen range has the highest levels of security safeguards at its core. It also says that all of its connected products sold since 2017 are certified to UL's standard for software cybersecurity for network connectable devices. So it appears Smarter Applications has done the right thing in making its IoT devices more secure. But unfortunately, a vast experiment is an embarrassing one and one that other IoT manufacturers should pay attention to. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk. That's it from ISMG's Security Report. Theme music is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Anna Delaney. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs>